Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacy Jones. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacy Jones, and I'm so happy to be here with you all today. And I want to give a very warm welcome to Donnie Bowden. Donnie is the CEO and founder of Success Champion Family of Companies. And he has used his over 20 years of experience in sales and business to build his international empire. He is passionate about highlighting and inspiring brands and business owners to help their companies grow. And Donnie's also the founder of the Badass Business Summit, as well as Events with an Edge. Whether it's networking through his online community or attending one of his virtual events, Donnie has helped a number of professionals become the champion of their own business. Aside from being a CEO, Donnie is also an author of four best-selling books, a speaker, and podcaster. Today, Donnie and I are going to be chatting about how the success champion mindset will help your business increase in sales. We'll learn what works from Donnie's perspective, what should be avoided, and how some businesses miss the mark. Donnie, welcome. So happy to have you here today. Dude, I love that intro, Stacey. You almost make me sound like I'm somebody really important. Can you do all my intros from now on? I can. You can rent my voice. Oh, yes. dude, I'm, I'm in. Yes. I'm in. I'll just send, where do I send the invoice? Uh, yeah, we'll figure that out. <laughs> right. No, dude, I'm excited to be here. Uh, fun conversation already, hanging out with you pre-show like you usually have. So, so, so looking forward to hanging out and having some fun conversations. Great. Well, let's start off with letting our listeners get a little bit of knowledge about who you are and what got you to where you are today. Because you have a really interesting story. Sure. Uh, you live in Texas, which I love because I'm from there as well. And tell us more. Sure. So it's a really quick, easy story. So I did four years in the Marine Corps and then 20 years in straight commission sales. Uh, my last career was with an organization called Sandler Training, and supposedly I became one of the top trainers in the country. I don't know what that means, other than I'm really good at flapping my gums in front of a room, um, but it was a lot of fun doing it. Uh, about seven years into that career, um, I was out to dinner with my then business partner, and he said a phrase to me that just changed the trajectory of everything. And what he said was, Donnie, thank God you're my retirement plan. And he said it out of love. He truly meant it out of love. And when he originally said it, I took it the same way and was like, oh, you know, it's been my honor to work for you. And then I went and sat in my pickup truck, looked myself in the mirror and said, dude, what the fuck are you doing? And I'd realized as I looked over my entire life that I'd always been somebody's retirement plan, that I never lived my own journey, that I'd never chased my own dreams. And so I had a tough conversation with myself and I said, dude, you either get in a game and do something or you put your head down and just get okay with life. And so 15 days later, I walked away from that whole career company and the whole nine yards and launched Success Champions. I was instantly put under an international non-compete, so I couldn't talk about the one thing I knew how, which was sales and business development. So I came out as a success coach. And to this day, I have no damn clue what the hell a success coach is. But obviously, it meant I was, you know, making Canva pictures and building websites and creating videos, anything I could do to try and earn a buck. Um, about six months into running the company, I stood on the back porch of my farm, looked at my wife and said, babe, we're about to lose everything we own. Because I had no idea how to be a business owner. Um, and instead of building a company, I'd build a really crappy job for myself and called myself a business owner. 
Well, flash forward to May of 2018, I found podcasting. Podcasting taught me a lot of things. I started learning about, you know, your company should have processes and systems. I learned how to outsource. Um, and so we put a lot of things together. Five months after launching that podcast, it became number 22 in the world for all podcasts. And I got some cool screenshots next to Tim Ferriss and Tony Robbins and Gary Vee and all the folks. Um, my non-compete came up in September of 2018, so I could go back to talking sales. And then with the combination of sales, podcasting, and just some get shit done attitude, flash forward, we now have six companies, four books, two podcasts, and a partridge in a pear tree. It's amazing when growth starts happening, how it just scales so yes. quickly, right? For sure. For sure. You know, but along the ride, nobody tells you how hard it's going to be, how you're going to wake up a lot of mornings going, do I really have what it takes to go through this? You know, um, I think oftentimes early in those stages, we put ourselves on a freaking island, you know, because we don't want people to know how bad it is. Or so, so uh, people have asked me, what do I attribute some of my success to? And it's, I've shared the journey all the way through the good, the bad, the ugly. And I have no problem telling people everything I screwed up. And I think people have just really enjoyed that, you know, I'm willing to share the dark side of running a business because most people are out there like, ooh, build a business. It's sunshine and rainbows. And, you know, you can be a millionaire overnight. Just start a social media company, you know, whatever. And, you know, we're, we're you know, uh, just out there helping as many people as we can. And yeah, breaking a I lot think of things. Yeah. And it, it's, so you touched on something that's really important to me. Like I, as an agency owner, I belong to an agency owner network, right? Mm -hmm. There's different companies out there. I belong to agency management Institute as one of the companies, but for regular business owners, there's like Vistage and right. all sorts of different options you can sign up with. Right. You can't like look down your nose at those. Like you found Donnie, your outlet is you speak, you podcast, you have all these great conversations, you've built an inner circle, but not everyone has that inner circle. And sure. joining these groups where you can get naked and you can share what's actually going on in your life. And you give no Fs, you really don't. You're just like, screw it, this is me. I'm doing the best I can. It's amazing how much people who are out there want to help and they'll help you, support you, give you knowledge, give you free advice. And then you'll find out that you're doing it as well back and forth. And that's why your podcast is so successful, right? Sure. You're able to like dig in and share and you reveal the uglies as well as the warm and fuzzies. And people respond to that because it's so weird in our world. We don't talk about pulling back the curtain really that much. Absolutely. You know, you're absolutely right. I mean, um, I think that oftentimes we're, we're starting out, you, you start trying to tell your friends and family, you know, the things going on with their business, but early on business isn't usually good. So there's nothing great to talk about. So when you tell your friends and families who have never been business owners that things aren't going so well and things suck, you start hearing things like, well, go get a job, you know, or, or maybe you should try something else. You know, why would you put this much pressure on you? But once you've tasted a little bit of that business freedom, you're you're unemployable, right? Once you get to a certain point, there's no going back. And I'm not meaning you couldn't get a job. You just, you wouldn't want to. You don't want the authority figures. You don't want to have to answer absolutely. to people who you think are absolutely stupid. Way better to have them as clients, respect them <laughs> yeah. and fire them if you need to. For sure. And, you know, 
once you start realizing everybody around you's kind of got this dark mindset about being a business owner, you kind of clam up. And so it's not until you get to a point that you realize that you're not the only one going through this crap. And like you said, you find a vestige or, you know, we run business masterminds as well to help with all this, you know, until you get around a, a support system of some sort that is coaching, mentoring, you know, and the likes, then they're, it's going to be very hard to climb and achieve it in, in a business because I tell everybody, you know, being an entrepreneur just means you were too dumb to quit, you know, <laughs> because everybody gets to that place where, you know, they're trying to figure out how to pay their bills and keep the lights on and service clients and everything. And where most people would honestly throw in a towel and probably should throw in the towel. Most people who find success in this are the ones that said, you know what, I'm just going to keep push, pushing forward until it breaks loose. I think the people who should throw in the towel just haven't gotten to that point where they're just about to make it. Because if you have like, I don't know any successful entrepreneur who has not had that moment. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, you know, I, I remember the start of our tipping point and I feel like every year is a new tipping point for us. But, um, you know, I remember when things started to turn and things started to click that it is like watching a big ass locomotive start getting fired up and you know down the tracks it takes a lot of energy to get that thing moving but once it's screaming down the tracks it's almost impossible to stop and that's what it felt like for us as as you know we started going the first book you know took off after the podcast and you know momentum built for there but you know sometimes you know we're i'm four years into doing this now and sometimes people look at me like it's been an easy cakewalk and you know, I'm like, just go back and watch my other episodes and stuff. I've told, documented this journey all the way through of how hard this has been, you know, to build. And, but you're right, you know, people get stacked up against it. And just when it's getting ready to break loose, they throw in the towel. And, you know, there's a, there's a whole philosophy. I wish I remember what it was called that talks about this, that, you know, it's basically shiny dog syndrome, you know, but if most people would just pick that one thing and push it till it worked, they'd find some some amazing level of business freedom. But you really do have to fail because if you're not failing, you're not actually pushing boundaries. So, and it's just the failure part is finding where you've pushed the boundary, where you actually are able to solve a problem at the same time and success will start coming. Absolutely. I mean, we've got a company motto that says go break shit. Because um, we just learned early on, if things aren't breaking, if there's not some form of chaos, then you're not going big enough. Right. And and so that's what's allowed us to build all the businesses is that mantra. And people inside the company know I have a pretty big risk tolerance. Mm -hmm. So they're willing to try new things and they're right. willing to, to break things. Um, and, you know, the second rule is if it breaks, don't come back to me and tell me it broke. Tell me how we fix it moving forward, you know, um, because I've broken so many things in business that we've learned from and implemented and put, you know, procedures around. And, you know, next time we run into it, we just use what we learned and push forward. It's never failure unless you quit. It's very, very true. And there's no quitting if you're an entrepreneur. You don't want to <laughs> quit. You want this freedom. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, so that, going back to your point about the vestige and stuff, I mean, that's why you've got to surround yourself with other achievers. You know, people that are going to to not sympathize, but empathize 
you know, where you're at understand. And I'd rather have somebody when shit gets tough. I don't want somebody to walk up to me and go, oh, Donnie, it's going to be okay. I want somebody to look at me and go, dude, what the fuck? Get off your ass. Let's run. Don't sit here. Don't sit here. Let's go. And that's the type of people you got to be surrounding yourself with. Yeah. It's also tricky where we're very adept at asking and telling friends and family who love us so much, you know, what's going on and they can be vested our husbands and wives and what we're doing as a business. But I will tell you, my husband joined our agency after 26 years as an administrator in education, um, two years ago, where I managed to get him into early retirement from a conversation we had one night when I woke up the next morning and he said, guess what? I'm retiring and joining Hollywood Branded and I'm going to run operations and free you up to live the dream that you just shared with me last night. And I was like, holy fuck, I'm screwed. <laughs> oh no, how is he going to do this? Right. But now he had listened to years of me lamenting and moaning and crying and also on the flip side of celebrating and yep. dreaming. But until he came over and I will say probably for a good about a year, of course, we we threw into COVID right after yes. he came over, which is the worst time for that to happen. But, you know, it took him probably six months ish to actually get the mindset of the business. So mm -hmm. even though he'd been there every day, super close, he's truly my partner in life, but he didn't get it until he was working in the business as well as to what the true struggles were. And he could actually come to it from a different perspective. And now the only thing that changed was his exposure to the business and yeah. being in it. It wasn't that he all of a sudden got all these new skills overnight. So it's really hard to expect friends and family to be able to support you because they don't, they, they just don't have that same experience of being in that company. Absolutely. You know, I learned a good hack early on that saved me a ton and I learned to only share the good stuff because, you know, when you're sitting around your friends and family and you start bitching and moaning about your business and, and the likes, they start offering advice. Now, they've never been a business owner. They've never been an entrepreneur. So, that, so the advice comes from a place of love most times, but they don't understand the context of what's happening. So, and I've got like this Brady Bunch style family where every, we share everything. There's no secrets and everything. So, so in building the business, as I was going, if I shared the crap, the things that were breaking and going wrong, they would always try and mentor and coach, which I got to love them for but it was usually bad advice, you know, yeah. because they didn't have any context. So, but they wanted to support me. So their advice was their way to support me. So I found that if I only shared the wins with them, then they could be right there running with me, not fully understanding. Like my family can't hardly tell you what I do for a living, yeah. you know, but they could support the wins and celebrate the things we're doing. And that became a way to bring them into the business with, and allow them to cheer me on as we kept going versus trying to advise me on. And so if you guys are listening out there and all your friends and family, don't tell them the bad stuff. No. Share the wins. Share the wins. It'll, it'll it'll help you tremendously. And God love them. Moms are awesome, but they are not necessarily, they're worried about like you still skinning your knee. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's like we just had our huge summit. We had the Badass Business Summit here in yeah. Texas. And, you know, uh, first I mean, Sunday when I'm on the drive home, I got different family members going, how'd it go? How'd it go? Did it work? Was it awesome? Did it work? 
and you know we did it was the most amazing experience we've done yet today as a company and we had a lot of fun and it was fun to share with them kind of the highlight reels i eventually had to put them all in a group text because they were all asking the same questions i'm like here let me answer it all at one go you know here's what was <laughs> awesome here was amazing this is what we loved this is what we learned and you know um but it, it was fun to already know what i was going to share with them prior to them to them reaching out because i knew they were going to so um, it makes it a lot more fun when you can create cheerleaders, right? And by sharing the good stuff, they, they really want to cheer you on. And all of this plays into how to be a champion, how to be a success, right? This goes down into your whole mantra as well of what you've created with your empire of multiple <laughs> businesses that are spanning the international world. So, you know, you come from a unique background. You were a Marine who yeah. became this stellar sales guy who got told that you were providing the retirement of some other rich guy. And that was not to your liking because you wanted to provide your own retirement right. instead. So you went off and you capitalized on your success at sales. And sales is tricky. Sales is not an easy field. Uh, I think people are either you can learn a lot in it, but I think people are either natural born salespeople or not in a lot of ways. Um, but what have you learned along the ways? How do you counsel organizations who are looking at expanding and growing and that need to actually put a sales system in place where it's not necessarily just the owner of that company who is out there being the new business, you know, scrounger um, for all things who never can actually grow their company because they're always scrounging? For sure. Uh, I'm going to back up one second until yeah. let everybody understand where the idea of success champions come from, and then I'll come forward and Perfect. answer that question. But so when I started the company, the movie Troy came on the TV for Brad Pitt. And I don't know if people have seen. Uh, he looked awesome um, in that film. Boy. Mm. Oh, he was he, he, he got his <laughs> shit together for that one, for sure. Yeah. But the opening scene of that movie, you got two armies standing, you know, in the middle and the kings come together and said, we could duke it out and thousands of lives are lost or you pick your best. I'll pick my best and let them and whoever wins, wins all. And so both kings agree. And the one king walks away and brings out calls for his guy and this freaking giant of a dude that's got muscles where you shouldn't have muscle just popping out mm -hmm. everywhere. Comes out, screams and hollering. The army goes nuts. And then, you know, the other king goes, where's Achilles? And so one kid runs off. And next thing you flash forward, here's Achilles in a pile of naked women, drunk as hell. And the kid comes running in and goes, Achilles, Achilles, you know, the king needs you. And so Achilles wakes up, he walks out to the tent. And a little kid, I remember, looks right at, you know, Brad Pitt and goes, you know, have you seen the size of this guy? I couldn't go out there. And Brad Pitt looks right at the kid and goes, and that's why nobody will ever remember your name. And so then Brad goes through the crowd, he walks past the king, and now it's Brad and this mountain of a man. Well, Brad runs, runs out, jumps one move, kills the big giant of the guy, wars over, other army belongs to the other king. When I saw that scene, what ran through my head was these two kings put their countries on one person. That was their champion. And I instantly thought, how often are people their own champion? Right? The only way you're going to get in, in life or anything is you've got to choose yourself. And that's how I renamed the company Success Champions, because I believe you got to be the champion of your own success. So flash forward, what I know about a lot of companies is for years, sales has been taught from people who did transactional sales, insurance, car sales, 
you know, they did, you know, one-off transactions. You buy this and then we don't talk again. And so that was a lot of people in the space that were teaching sales. And if you employed a lot of their tactics, you're going to lose when you're in a service-based sale because um, sales isn't transactional. So we have to go in oftentimes and teach a philosophical change. Like for me, my company, we don't believe in closing the sale. There, it, now you should get to closure. Every conversation should end with a yes or a no, or maybe a, a significant next step. But you, there's no time you go in there and go, oh, should we write this up? Should we put this to work or any other greaseball damn move? You know, you just ask them plain and simple, you know, what's the next step from here? And if you want to work with them, which is another philosophical change, if you want to work with them and they want to work with you, cool, let's partner up. But you shouldn't be convincing people to buy. You shouldn't be trying or deploying any tactics. You're not trying to close every freaking deal. You should be spending more time sitting across from that person and deciding if they're a good fit for you. And it changes the entire philosophical dynamic of how you go into a sales call. And then we build systems and processes to help you, you know, stay in that mindset. But most people are taught, you know, always be closing, you know, and that's what makes people feel like a greaseball, makes what people feel dirty. And the more you try not to sell, the more you become the dirty greaseball. And that's the difference between how people define hard sales versus soft sales. Like I'm a soft sales closure. I would rather come in, provide value, have a conversation and naturally lean in and listen to what the person's looking for and see if I can solve their problems. Because if I sell them a bag of goods that I can't solve their problems, they're not going to be a client for very long and they're going to turn into a shitty client. And I'm going to be up in the middle of the night trying to figure out how I make them happy because I promised them that I would make them happy. Yep, absolutely. You know, and, and that's the unfortunate side of things is whether it's corporate America or the gurus, you know, you've got, you know, people who are trying to hit commissions and, you know, they're trying. So that's where all the dirty sales comes from is somebody over the top of people going, you know, you got to make this happen. you got to hit this fourth quarter numbers or, or, and so people get into this kind of, or, or it's a small business coming up and they're like, oh my God, I got to pay my lights, you know, my, my electric bill, you know, so these acts of desperation come out and what happens is everything you just said, is you get clients that are going to be bitching and moaning every five seconds, not paying their bills, you know, and so it becomes an ugly job versus a company. So that's why I tell everybody, I said, spend more time disqualifying that person to work with you versus qualifying them. And and you'll build a lot better and bigger business versus trying to close every person you sit across from. You're trying to create a partnership in every sense of the word. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, you know, a huge qualifier for me is Mm -hmm. would I have a have a cocktail with them. If you sit across from somebody, you can't get to the point where where you'd want to have a cocktail with them, then don't offer to do business with them because it's just a whole level, different level of let's, you know, do something together. Yeah. Without alcohol helping like mellow the mood. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, somebody asked me, how do you network at an event one time? I'm like, it's really easy. You walk in, you go to the bar, you get a cocktail, you loosen up a little bit, then you go say hi to people. It's really simple. (laughs) See what they're doing. See what you have in common. See what their cool stories are. And don't say, this is what I do. This is what I do. This is what I do. Do you want to work with me? Absolutely. I I think if everybody looked at it, that every one of these conversations you have with somebody, 
they should walk away from that conversation going, holy shit, this was the best conversation I have ever had in my life. And because it's, it's the old customer service rule. You know, you piss off one person, they're going to tell hundreds, right? And so you want to pour into people. I love the phrase lean in, you know, lean into people and, and you want them to walk away going, man, that was worth my hour. That was worth the time. Here's my action steps. And sometimes that action step is, is to hire you to do whatever your product or service is. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's the magic of real sales, real relationships. It's not about getting this deal done. It's about how long can I keep this person who I want to have cocktails with as a client. So we become family friends. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've got clients that you know, we've gone on family trips together, you know, and that's, and that's when you're doing everything right. Yeah. So when you're starting to work with an individual or a business and you're counseling them on creating the soft sales approach, you know, how do you get started? How do you help them figure out their ethos, their center, you know, what they should be building around um, and how to get going versus, you know, buy my product, buy my product, buy my product, sure. please, please, please. Um, the first thing I would have them do is avatar comes second. I think the first thing they have to do is figure out what everything an individual has to have to be able to say yes to you. So they've got to have the right mindset. They've got to have the right energy. They've got to have the time. They've got to have the money, you know, and you've got to like them, right? Those are my five key areas that you've got to have. So you go through and you define each one of those. And if you know, these are the five things that they have to say yes to, right? Or you mentally have to check a box for them to do business with them. Mm -hmm. Now you can spend most of the call figuring out if they fit into one of these boxes, okay? Then I would focus heavily on an avatar. And for me, it's not the big blue dude that you saw in the movies. You know, it's your, your truly ideal client. Um, and a lot of people harp on this, but what people don't understand or don't explain, your avatar is not for you and your business. Being able to divine, define an avatar is for everybody you talk to. So literally, I was just earlier this morning talking to a couple of guys that run a social media company as well. And um, I said, what's your niche? And they said, well, we're really service-based companies. I said, it's not good enough. And they said, why not? I said, imagine you became the social media company for roofers. And like you became the go-to company for roofers. What that does is, yes, it gets you a niche. And they're like, but that puts me in a box. I said, but it's a cool box. And here's why. When you say I'm the best social media person for roofers. Now, when I'm going around anybody, I hear a roofer, you're instantly top of mind for me. So the avatar is not necessarily for you. It's for me, the person you're talking to, to be able to open the right doors. And, you know, think about it. Then if you stay in that niche mm -hmm. and you be truly, I mean, you work with hundreds of roofers and, you know, and I told them just pick a different roofer in each city, big city, you know, whatever. You work with a, you know, a hundred roofers. Every time you sit across from a roofer, you're going to know every problem they have, every issue they have, and you're going to already know how to fix their system so you can build a ton of referrals and things coming yeah. into it, right? So that's the power of niche, but people are like, well, I, I limit my marketplace, and it's the exact opposite. You completely open your marketplace to people that you can be known as, as the guy or gal or person you know, that owns that marketplace, 
And it's just yeah, a beautiful and, way to operate business. And you can always open up a secondary niche or Absolutely. a third niche after you conquer each one of these. And then you have different business units or maybe different business names. And you have something that is very sustainable, something that is able to be rinse and repeated. Yes. And you put a systems and processes in yep. place where you are more likely to succeed. 100%. And I tell everybody, take that first business to $100,000. Don't deviate. Get to $100,000 because it's, I mean, if you've ever seen somebody lose a job making $100,000 a year, give them a few months, they're going to have another job making $100,000 a year. Once you get to that level, you can duplicate the process. So you can make a 20 businesses that are doing $100,000 a year, you know, as long as you understand how to do it the first time. So it's a, it's a cool, fun hack to understand what it takes to be a business owner. What are some of the other mistakes people make along the way? Um, they sit across from too many people that can't say yes to them. So, I mean, not the, getting to the right decision maker yeah, for sure. Okay. You know, um, one of the things I have my clients and people track is number of meetings they have with people who can say yes. You know, and if you look at a lot of people, you know, they're going on LinkedIn or these other platforms and they're jumping and doing all these zoom calls. And they'll say to me all the time, they're like, man, I'm meeting with all these people and it's not turning into business. I'm like, all right, well, walk me through who are you meeting with? And they're meeting with a bunch of people that, you know, can't check off those five boxes, you know, so they're, they're meeting with a bunch of broke people. And I don't mean financially necessarily, they're broke minded or, or they're broke financially. And, you know, so when you're putting that much energy in the marketplace, you'll get exhausted and like this stuff doesn't work. Yeah. When on the flip side is if you know the role, you know, the details, you do the Harvey McKay 66. If you guys don't know what that is, just go find, just type in Harvey McKay 66. It'll give you the coolest avatar sheet you can fill out in the world that allow you to put all the characteristics down of who you're looking for. If you find that, then you go and start doing your reach outs and we call them five-star reach outs. I think people should every day do a minimum, which is a really low number of five reach outs a day. Two people that fit that ideal avatar, okay? Four of them are kind of safe reach outs. I mean, you're still going out to your avatar, but they're not like this monster business. One of those has to be a five-star reach out where you're going after somebody, like if you landed that company, it would scare the people and shit out of you because you're not sure you can handle that. And you do one of those a day. And okay. what you'll find is that series of doing the four small reach outs and then, and then one five-star reach outs, eventually it's going to create this momentum wheel going where you start getting into the right Zoom calls, you're starting getting into the right meetings and you start getting better and more comfortable with those meetings and those conversations. Because really the sales conversation is the same conversation every damn time. It's just a different person you're sitting across from, but people haven't found that process and rhythm. So the biggest fix, do those five reach outs. But if you go from zero to a hundred meetings with people who can say yes to you, and that's the kicker. They got to be able to have the ability to say yes to you. If you go from zero to 100 people, you'll double or triple your business because you can't help meet with that many people without getting people to say yes to you. Yeah. And for those of you who are like in the land of, you know, more foo-foo, like I can live in a little bit sometimes, this is very energy driven, right? Yes. You're actually telling the universe what you want by going out of your boundaries and you're setting your eyes on something and you're doing it over and over. And I promise you the universe responds. It's just, it's about goaling. It's about intent. And 
when you're pushing yourself and you're focused on what you want, the universe actually knows what to deliver you back. So that's my foo-foo moment of the day. <laughs> you know, and I like that, you know, because I tell everybody I'm one foot in woo. I'm not full woo-woo. Yeah. Um, and, and this is the, the, the combination of manifestation with action, right? You can tell myself, tell yourself, I'll make it, you know, I need a new client, I need a new client, I need a new client until you're blue in the face. But if you're not doing these reach outs and talking to people, you're never going to get that new client. So, so it's exactly that it's putting the right energy, the right thoughts out in the marketplace, but then doing the damn work. Yeah. What happens to most people is they do it for a little while and doesn't immediately get them results. They're like, Oh, that shit doesn't work. I'm out. Or they get one win. They're like, yes, it worked. And then they stop. Mm-hmm. So the, the difference between people who find success and those who don't are the ones that understand the discipline to stay in the game and continually do the work over and over and over again until they build a process. And once you have that process and system and the way you build that process and system is you think of it and you look at your company and go, okay, if I was going to hire a salesperson right now, what would their requirements be? How would I hold them accountable? How would they bring on new clients, right? And you build a system for them and then apply it to yourself. And it's a cool hack way to figure out what is your actual sales process. Um, And there's a lot more things I could throw in there to that, but I don't want to confuse (laughs) them too much. And don't get defeated along the way, because yes. especially as you're growing as a company, you're going to have people come into your system and you're going to learn how broken it actually is. And when you're sitting there and defining systems and processes for each of these newbies who are entering, you're going to be able to shore up your organization, be able to scale even faster. Absolutely. So it's really important to have people who break things so that you can make them actually stronger and reconstruct them. Absolutely. And, you know, you're almost building to break. You know, you know, you don't want things to break, but if they're not breaking, then somebody's not doing big enough or enough, you know, so, so the SOPs, if you will, standard operating procedures you need to be having in your company should be a guideline, not a hard, you know, fast rule. Um, I want people in my company that look at 10 steps and figure out how to make it five you know, because they're trying and doing different things. So uh, a mentor of mine once upon a time said, hire lazy people. And I said, why the hell would you do that? He goes, because lazy people figure out how to do shit faster because they don't want to go through all this. That works. That's absolutely a brilliant way to look at it. You know, um, you know, I I think if you look at it all, I mean, it's systems, it's process, it's going to get punched in the face by conversations. It's surrounding yourself with the right badasses that are going to help keeping you going. And it's sometimes having blinders on, you know, so you're not listening to the outside world. You're just keeping your eyes on where you're going and, and not letting anything hold you back from actually getting there. And it's not that rules are meant to be broken. It's meant that rules are meant to be adjusted to work better. You and my wife would get along great because I'm a hundred percent fuck the rules. I'm just going to go and whatever breaks breaks. My wife's like, honey, you can't go in there yet. It's, you know, the door's not open or whatever else. I'm like, she's standing right there. I'll walk right in. So, um, just adjust, just right. adjust to make them work better for you. That's, that's, that's the goal. So you still have parameters in life sure. and morals and, and systems. And, and it's a key point of having the right personalities in your company too. You know, you need to have your Mustangs that are crazy out front doing crazy things 
and you need your more conservative people that are helping you stay in the lanes. Donnie, this is a great point because I could keep on talking for a very long time, but we're, you're running out of time. But how can our listeners learn more about you? How can they find Donnie and Champions of Success? <laughs> for sure. The easiest way is if you'll text the word success to 817-318-6030. We'll send you back to all the links, some free books and things um, that'll get you to all of us. Or you can search. Uh, so 817-318-6030, word success. Or you can search success champions or you can search Donnie Bovine. All of our stuff will pop up everywhere. Perfect. Any last words of advice to all those who are like, I have to like tighten up sales for my org? Yep. This is my favorite thing in the world to say. Guys, if you got any value whatsoever out of this podcast, do Stacy the biggest honor and share this with one person. Being a fellow podcaster, let me tell you, uh, growing a show is a lot of work, trying to get awareness and get people to find you into your way. You want to grow your business, understand that by helping somebody else grow theirs is the best thing you can do. And so literally, you should go out, find one person that needs to hear Stacy's podcast and help them subscribe, tell them to listen, tell them to subscribe to her show. It's like you walked up and gave her a virtual hug and it will mean everything to her. So if you live like that for the rest of your life, life will be good back to you. Well, Donnie, thank you. I appreciate that. And call for support. We always love support. And I will tell you that our blog group, because of that, um, where we get 30,000 people now on a monthly basis who read it, which it never would have happened if we hadn't put the processes in place, the systems in place, relentless pursuit of figuring out how to get our team to actually write. So it wasn't just me and the podcast over the last five years has been the same thing, that building the agency over the last 14 years has been building the same word of mouth and support from others is just so essential for any business. So I thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. It was a great conversation and you're right. I think you and I could talk for quite a while. So we could keep on going. (laughs) Thank you, dear. And to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I greatly appreciate your time and your ears today. And as always, you know at Hollywood Branded, we are so passionate about all things branded content and believe that influencers, celebrities, TV, film, and music can give your brand power and ultimately sales. If you ever want to have a chat, just reach out to myself or my team and we will talk your ear off on how you can do it better. Thank you guys. Have a great week.